welcome everyone to the 17th episode of Grace. Today we're going to be talking about Corpus Christi. We'll hear a little bit about the praise and worship event. And we have a new segment called Jack's Big Fact. So we learn a lot on this podcast and we also learn a lot about each other um, because of the many hours spent discussing topics. But it's quite hard to get to know people if you don't do a podcast with them. So I want to ask you, what are two questions you would ask someone if you wanted to get to know them? Well, at least my first question would be, what is your greatest fear? I understand it, you know, as far as deep questions go, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's quite basic, but I feel like it's, you know, it's up there on questions for a reason, you know, it's, it's hard hitting, it gets straight to the point. And I feel like fears, at least for me, aren't something, at least in my earlier years, not something I thought about a lot. So when this question was first asked to me, I think maybe one or two years back, it really made me think, and I like to think that it would have the same effect on other people. So if I was able to learn a lot about myself through that question, hopefully I would be able to learn a lot about others through asking them that question. My second question is, if you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? And it's a, I think, Compared to the previous one, it's a bit more lighthearted and I sort of want to finish on this one. But uh, this question was asked at Cana and the range of questions was outrageous. I mean, immediately people were saying, oh, I want to fly to London. I didn't want to, you know, tell them that they should look into the flight time of Sydney to London and that they wouldn't have much time by the time they got out of security. But uh, that's okay. I didn't, I didn't tell them that. I didn't tell them that. But for me... It, it made me reflect on, on my values and what I stood for when I asked this question to myself. So hopefully it would have, once again, the same effect on other people. So, Lewis, I ask you, if you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? Hmm. It's very, and that is a very deep question. I feel like I can't give you an authentic answer because... I was actually in that situation. I wouldn't. I'd, I wouldn't know what I'd do. Just but answer it to the <laughs> best of your ability. Thus, something I think would be nice to do. This might be a bit cliche, though. Maybe not the end. To take a train to the country, all stops. It's not express. One of those old trains as well. Mm-hmm. All the way to the end of the end of the line. Mm-hmm. When it gets to the last stop, because I don't think it'll take twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. When it gets to the last stop, I'll get off. I'll walk, I would have my mobile and I'd call a random number and whoever whoever picks up, I'll have a conversation with that person for the rest of the, well, what is left of the day. Whoa, that's... <laughs> like part of, part of me is thinking, what on earth <laughs> is this guy doing? But the other part of me is like, this guy is on another level. What if I called you? I would be... That's the second question. What would you say? See, I'm intrigued now because would you tell the person that that's the last conversation that you're going to be having? No. no. I wouldn't even end the conversation before the time's up. It would just be (laughs) mid-conversation. And then the phone, you know, that phone noise? Uh And it hangs up, yeah. And what would you say? I don't think I would... (laughs) 
this is where it kind of falls apart because I don't feel like I would want to lead the conversation. I would just want to see what the other person has to say. But then if, if a random person calls you and just says hello, it's not going to be a very long conversation. I would ask them a couple of questions, mm-hmm. two questions perhaps. Um, try and get to know them, those two questions. What two questions would you ask them? Well, Jack, <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> if I had two questions to ask to get to know someone, I think the first question would be, after thinking about it a lot, would be what's the best sandwich in your in your opinion? <laughs> For a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a superficial question, but you know, in many sure ways <laughs> in many ways you are what you eat. I feel like a lot you, you can reveal a lot about yourself by what you what you choose to put in your sandwich. See and then and then you get all these options. So you can toast the sandwich. Some people put cheese cheese in the sandwich. There's all the different options of bread. Just have a bread and I know I know Jack would have a lot to say on this. Um, which is why it's such a good question. Everyone has so m- everyone has a different opinion about what's the best sandwich. It is an excellent question. As soon as you said that, my 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 oh, I just a smile spread across my face. I was like, that he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the question. That is the question. Now, I'm very intrigued, Lewis. I'm not sure if you are to hear what Elise's sandwich would be. Wait. So, is this question an impulse answer question, or do you want them to think about it first? Definitely impulse. Definitely impulse. The more you think about it, the worse. Okay, then I'd say butter. So we, okay, <laughs> we have the bread, and you put the butter on the bread. That's step one. You have to take me through the other steps because that—that's not a sandwich. <laughs> I'd say you have um, one slice of light rye bread. You put butter on it, then you cut it in half and fold it into. Are you? Is this butter? Is this butter or margarine? This is butter. It's butter. Is it? Is it softened butter? Yeah, it's okay. during the summer, so the butter is soft from room during temperature. During summer, okay. Just you can have still solid butter in the summer. Um, Not if it's hot. <laughs> no, but if you put it in the fridge, and Elise, is that butter sliced or spread on? It's spread on because it's it's been warm from staying out of the fridge. Okay, okay. You could still have warm slices of butter though. <laughs> Not if it's really warm. <laughs> well, if it's really warm, it would just be it would just be liquid. Okay. Like moderately warm butter. Okay, so just to confirm, if someone walked up to you on the street and asked Elise, what is the best sandwich? You would reply, a butter sandwich. Yep. I know that she doesn't spend a lot of time uh, thinking about her sandwiches. I know that she doesn't hold sandwiches with high regard. Oh, I do. I definitely do. You do? Really? Yeah, it's just butter on... um, Rye bread is my comfort food. It's your comfort food. Oh, okay. Oh, this is now we're getting somewhere. It's your comfort food. Don't you feel you know Elise so much more now? So, Elise, you've asked us what our two questions would be. What are the two questions that you would ask someone to get to know them? Okay, so my questions have to be asked in order. So, the first one is What are your relationship deal breakers? And I think this will really. help you get to know someone because it's like the person that they're living with what annoys them the most about who they're with and then the second would be a follow-up question and it'd be would be do you break any of these now when you say 
break any of these as in like do you do the same oh uh, yeah so like say their deal breaker was oh if they can't cook mm -hmm. then i would ask them oh can you cook okay okay yeah okay now at least i don't have a significant other but i do have family members that i live with so would that get a similar response do you think would, yeah equally as good equally yeah. as good okay so uh one thing that my brother does is that he'll go from straight out of the shower um and he'll leave the toilet seat wet <laughs> it's just <laughs> so annoying and you go down and it's like i just want to i just want to get my business over and done with and then ah oh, ah oh, a wet toilet oh no one likes a wet toilet seat no one likes a wet toilet seat so yes that would be that would probably be up there my list of annoying things oh, that's very specific <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah well, thank you, Elise, for that question. I think I, well, I definitely learned a lot about you, Elise, with your butter sandwich. Lewis is some. <laughs> whoa, I'm still. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be going to sleep thinking about that tonight. Um, no offense, Elise, I won't be thinking about your butter sandwich. <laughs> um, but listener, as the question was asked to us, we asked the same question to you. What two questions would you ask? to get the most information about who a person truly is. Not only can you learn a lot about other people, but I think by answering this question, you also get to learn a bit about yourself. Now, listener, on the Thursday just past, we celebrated the feast day of Corpus Christi. Now, I'm here joined by Lewis Elise Dan. Lewis Elise Dan, do you guys know what Corpus Christi is? It's a 2019 film, right, that was nominated for an Oscar? Uh, well, yes, it's it's something else as well. I think I know what you're talking about. It's the, it's, well, the so-called best Catholic primary school in St. Ives. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong, yes. Uh, Dan, any help here? Uh, you must be talking about Corpus Christi, that famous town in Texas off the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> the one famous for windsurfing? The one indeed, the one famous for windsurfing, Corpus Christi. What else could we be talking about? Well, I'm not talking about the town in Texas famous for windsurfing, nor am I talking about the uh, best primary school in St. Ives, nor am I talking about the 2019 film that was uh, nominated for an Oscar. I'm actually talking about the feast day, Corpus Christi, also known as the Solemnity of the Most Holy body and blood of Christ. Now, whilst Corpus Christi is celebrated in Australia, we don't quite celebrate it with the same passion as in other countries. For in other countries, if you are lucky enough to, say, live in Brazil, Bolivia, Bosnia, Croatia, and a collection of other countries, you would have actually gotten a day off work. And sometimes they do parades and they do all sorts of things. Anyway... I know very little about how Corpus Christi is celebrated in other countries, so that's why we've brought along our experts on the matter. Welcome, expert. Nice to be here. Um, it's, you know, we don't have in Australia so many traditions because it's a church and country, it's very young. But today, Thursday, we are recording this um, program, and actually today it's a Corpus Christi in Europe and in many places in, in in the world. 
and we have in many countries we have different traditions like um let me say about a few words about Poland. So we are celebrating on Thursday and you're right it's a day off it's public holiday people are not working today and tomorrow they have day off as well so it's a long long uh, weekend. Our father Bogdan in Poland with these two days off Thursday and Friday I'm assuming they're not just lounging around at home in their beds so how exactly are they celebrating the feast day that is Corpus Christi? It's a very good time because it's a beginning of of spring so we have better weather so people are happy everyone is going for procession we have huge procession in that time uh, people are walking like two kilometers procession and we are visiting four different uh, altars four different altars is there any uh, symbolic nature behind the four different altars what do these four altars have to do with Corpus Christi the for altars, it's a places where um, we celebrate, we read gospel, it's a short exposition, short uh, homily, let me say, and after that we are walking again to another altar. And altars are prepared by, by different parts of the village or different parts of the, of the parish. So when we build these uh, altars, it's a good occasion to, to people to be together and, and build this uh, community. Because the preparation of that altar, it's uh, bring people together and it takes maybe two, maybe three days. They are decorated in be- beautiful flowers. Um, every time um, the altars are designed, for example, let's be Divine Mercy altar or our lady altar, and everyone is participating. It's the uh, older people, uh, children, and so on, so on. So it's built as a community spirit uh, as well. Wow. Now, I've heard these amazing things about these flower carpets. Yes. Um, we ask children to get the, what is the small parts of flowers? These Pe- the petals? Petals, of, petals. Uh, of flowers. And we collect them and from different color, we we design different pictures. Could be, could be the chalice or host or or birds, and so on. Some so and you make these carpets from from the flowers, and procession is walking on on the top of that. Wow! So when are we going to see a flower carpet up at the Epping or Carlingford Church? Um. As soon as you bring there some some puddles of flowers, oh, okay, and somebody okay. some artist can <laughs> help us to do so. Okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll I know a couple of people, so I'll try and sort something out there. But wow, okay, I didn't know it was quite so such. It's a very well planned and it's a big celebration. And you know the procession is very well prepared. It's um like um, I'm the from countryside, so we have firefighters and. Of course, every voluntary firefighters they have some uh, orchestra, so they play during these um, events. Um, they are walking in, in in uniforms. You have uh, ladies in traditional dresses, men in in their traditional dresses. So it's like religious and cultural event at the same time. Even people who are not very often going to church. They are going because it's really beautiful, beautiful celebration. Wow. 
Well, it's, it sounds very beautiful. It sounds very beautiful. Now, I know for a number of years you also resided in Papua New Guinea. Did they have any celebrations there for Corpus Christi? We celebrated Sunday, like in Australia and many other countries. And we don't have so um, sophisticated, let me say, uh, celebration, but people are very dedicated. Uh, we try to introduce these altars to walk from one to another. People are very spiritual, so they are pray very deeply. We carry Holy Sacrament, we, hold, we carry Jesus and we bless uh, villages, we bless fields and gardens of that people. Uh, I visited with people some villages, houses, we bless many, many places. And even people who, who were uh, elderly, who couldn't walk, who were ill, they were happy because Jesus visited them in that time. So it's a little dif differently celebrated, but very, very deep and very spiritually. Wow. Well, thank you, Father Bogdan, our resident expert, for coming in today. I'm happy to share that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Last week, it was National Sorry Day, a day where we pause to remember the stolen generations of Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. This day was established in response to the 1997 Bringing Them Home report by the Australian Human Rights Commission which recommended that a National Sorry Day be held each year on the 26th of May to commemorate the history of forcible removals and its effects. Now, it can be difficult to reflect on the violence and injustice of our country's history and consider what it really means for Australia of today. But as Christians, we should always be focused on the goal of repentance and hope. On the 13th of February in 2008, thousands of Australians shared in the experience of the national apology to the stolen generations and Indigenous Australia, delivered by former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd together with the Australian Parliament. But there is still so much left unspoken about these stolen generations and their families, and so much to learn from the stories of Australia's history. The majority of the stolen generation survivors are now aged over 45, and despite the national apology and annual National Sorry Day, many of these survivors are still waiting for justice, and in particular, a comprehensive implementation of those recommendations from the Bringing Them Home report. There are still high numbers of children being removed from their families and homes today. There are still high numbers of children being removed from their families and homes today with our current systems producing a similar outcome for children now as they did for those children who became the stolen generation. And so, as a nation, we need to address the systemic issues in our systems and commit to finding new solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to a brand new segment on the podcast. It will be coming to you every single episode, and it is called, quite simply, Jack's Big Fact. And it's uh, quite self-explanatory. My name's Jack. Hello. And I'll be coming at you, each podcast, with a fact. Hence, Jack's Big Fact. So, kick things off. Got a bit of a cracker for you. I didn't know this myself until recently. 
It's a great fact. I feel like we should have a drum roll for this fact as it comes up. The big fact is... Apparently, Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wow! Woo! That is... I can barely contain my excitement. That fact is... So you said it was big, but I didn't think this was Jackson Norma's fact. No. Oh, I need a minute. So are you familiar with Roald Dahl? I am familiar with Roald Dahl. The great children's author. Real BFG. Quick. Other yeah. books. Other, whoa, other books. What's your what's your, what's your favourite favorite Roald Dahl book? Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Legitimately, Factory. Yeah. I'm a Danny and the Champion. Oh, uh, he's good. Lewis, favourite Roald Dahl book? Uh, the, the, the Peach one. James and the Giant Peach. James and the Giant oh. Peach. That is, a, that is a classic. He lives in a peach core at the end of it. It's mm-hmm. great. It's great. It's a good, it's really, and the movie as well is actually quite well done. The animation there, so it's different. But back to the, back to the movie that we're talking about, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Are you guys familiar with Chitty Chitty, Chitty Bang, Bang Bang? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. Oh, such a good film. Are you familiar with Chitty Chitty Bang, Lewis? It's one with Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Does she play in it? Uh, Sound, sound of good. music has Julie Andrews. I think Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is not uh, Julie Andrews. Who knows? This could, is this bonus sense. big fact? <laughs> this might be tier two of fact number one. <laughs> tier two. The second. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, no, that's it. Dick Van Dyke. He's the one. And he is also with Julie Andrews. Sorry, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm sort of overcoming your, your big fact. This is another, another fact. Dick this Van Dyke was with Julie Andrews in Mary He Poppins. was the chimney sweep. Yeah. In Mary Poppins. But back to back to your fact. What we have left the segment. Lewis is moderately sized factuals. Yeah. Back to Jack's big facts. No, no, this is this is a great thing about the segment that is Jack's big fact is that it it's flexible. You know, it it has room to evolve, and that's why I'm not doing it by myself alone in my room. I'm doing it with my friends, with my peers, and we're learning together. Excellent. And you can you know take away Jack's big fact for this week that Roll Dahl. The children's author, author of great books such as James and Giant Peach, Danny the Champion, and the BFG, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he assisted in writing everyone's <laughs> favorite screenplay, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Okay, so as many of you will be aware, on the twenty second of May, a couple of weeks back, the parish hosted a praise and worship night for the season of Pentecost. It was a huge success. There was music rosary and exposition it was really really good now if you missed out don't worry because grace radio went along and we recorded the whole thing so today we thought we might share a little excerpt from that praise and worship night a bit of father bogdan's homily i put some clothes not because i want to look fancy but it's cold and i prefer to warm up I will not talk too long because, you know, never I say too long. And I prefer to touch your and move your heart, not your bodies in the pews. Um, so I will tell, say a few words. I will not make any, any, I will not talk about Holy Spirit too much because you know everything almost. And I remember from seminary, we talked a lot about him and nobody understood what's going on. So probably it's difficult to explain. You know about Holy Spirit too much and a, a lot. So like I said, I will make a few reflections. Um, Holy Spirit, who is Holy Spirit? It's hard to say. We know he's, a, he's God. 
he's a third person from, from God. And we know Holy Spirit is with us always. Even we didn't exist, he was there. And when we open the Bible, we see the Spirit of God moved around under the waters and, and, and actually he created everything. Creation without God doesn't exist. Creation doesn't exist without Holy Spirit. And even something exists without spirit is nothing. It's just a stone. It's a, it's a rock, hard rock, nothing. Without spirit, we don't have life. So we need life to, to be alive. We need Holy Spirit. And it's obvious, and you know that. Um, what I'm doing today it's just reminding you that. And if we know we need Holy Spirit not only to, to, to be alive, like all the nature needs Holy Spirit to be alive. Without Spirit, it's, like I said, it's just a rock, nothing, no life inside. But we need Holy Spirit in our souls, in our spirit. From the beginning, you know, when we open the Bible and in many languages, when we try to, to find who Holy Spirit is, the Hebrews, they called him Ruach, and it's Ruach, Ruach. In, in Greek, they called it Pneuma, Pneuma, Pneuma. Always something spiritual was inside, something full of life. We say it simply spirit, but we know this Ruach give life. Ruach touch all the so, uh, cell in us and give us life. And we need Holy Spirit when we pray. Without Holy Spirit, we are just bubble. We are just talking nonsense. Without Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Like St. Paul will tell us, if you can't, if you don't know how to pray and you don't know what, anything about prayer, let Holy Spirit pray inside of you. Let him come inside to us and pray. And we know the prayer is have power. And prayer with the Holy Spirit is really powerful. Everyone has some experience. I will tell you one example from my life. I can't tell you I remember that because it was 1979. I don't remember, but I watched so many times and, and I know that. In this time, Pope John Paul II came to Warsaw. We were in this communist block. It was 2nd of June, 2nd of June, exactly 79. And he was in Victory Square in Warsaw, in the Vigil of Pentecost, like today, Saturday. And this time he prayed. Let me use my paper and I find this. Okay. And he prayed and he said, let your spirit descend. Let your spirit descend and renew the, the face of the earth, the face of this land. When he prayed, nothing changed. People who were there didn't have these flames on their heads. No miracle around, nothing, you know, no wind or something, nothing. But people knew something happened. People, people knew the Holy Spirit came 
Actually, he came. And I will tell you exactly 10 years later, 4th of June, 1989, at that time I remember, the communism was over in Poland. Exactly 10 years later. We can think, oh gosh, Holy Spirit needs 10 years to, 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 to finish communism in Poland. I will tell you he could do this straight away. But he needs 10 years to change our hearts. To change the world, to change the stone, to, to create something God can do like that. But sometimes he needs time to change our hearts. So today we, I want to ask you for this prayer. Pray and allow Holy Spirit to pray inside of you. Give him space. Allow him to pray in you. Let this ruach, this pneuma come to you and pray in you. We don't know what to say. Sometimes when we say about charismatic prayer, people say in a language, they don't, they bubble like a children. They don't know what to say. But we believe Holy Spirit, pray in them. The Holy Spirit use that languages to worship God. So today I want to encourage you to pray and believe that the prayer has the power the Holy Spirit can change. Not only government or something like that because it's nothing. But he can change our hearts. This is a beautiful something. So today I want you to invite you to this prayer and pray like, like we all, should, all, all many times do. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Descend here. And change, change this land, change the land of our hearts, face of our hearts. Because Holy Spirit, it's, we know it's nothing impossible for God. It's nothing impossible to the Holy Spirit. Only we have to open our hearts. We have allowed him to do so. So let us pray today like John Paul II and ask Holy Spirit to come. Please come and change our lives. Change us. Because with you we can do everything. Without you we are nothing. Please, Holy Spirit, come. Come to us and change me. Change my, my view, change my life, change my everything you need. Please come and, and, and remove what is, what is dirty, what is, what is not holy, what is not let your fire of, of, your, of your power burn everything. Please come, Holy Spirit. Come to me. Come to us. Come to our parish. Come to Epping. Come to Callingford. Come to our diocese. Come to Australia. Come, Holy Spirit. Help us. Make us your children. Make the, the disciple of Christ. Make us brothers and sisters. Make us, like we use today, many beautiful languages. One of them... Tok Pijin from Papua New Guinea. Very close to my heart. Let us pray like one, one family of, of God. We don't know who Holy Spirit is. We don't know, we can't explain him. We can't say many, many things about him. But we know he loves us. He lives in our hearts if we allow him. 
He made us beautiful and holy and in his own image. Father Bogdan will lead us in prayer for National Sorry Day. Almighty and loving God, you who created all people in your image, lead us to seek your compassion as we listen to the stories of our past. You gave your only Son, Jesus, who died and rose again so that sins will be forgiven. We place before you the pain and anguish of disposition of land, language, law, culture and family, kinship that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples have experienced. We live in faith that all people will rise from the depth of despair and hopelessness. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders families have endured the pain and loss of loved ones through the separation of children from their families. We are sorry and ask God's forgiveness. Touch the hearts of the broken, homeless and inflicted by heal the, the spirit. In your mercy and compassion, walk with us as we continue our journey of healing to create a future that is just and equitable. Lord, you are our hope. Amen. <laughs> 